Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to this uh, part two of the dig at Shrewsbury Castle. Um, I'm your host, Alex Whiteley, of course. Uh, I'm stood at the, at the ditch, uh, the sorry, the um, trench on the grounds of the castle, and it looks completely different uh, to what me and Max saw last week. And next to me is, is Nigel. How's it going, sir? You okay? Yeah, okay. Hi, good morning. <laughs> How have things been? This is, I haven't seen you since last week. A lot has changed, right? Yeah, I mean, it's been kind of crazy. We've had loads of, loads of visitors, members of the public coming to have a look around. You know, we've had a fair number, number of official bodies, you know, come to kind of see what we're doing with their money and, you know, basically kind of inspect us. And it's been really kind of kind of crazy at one level but very happy on another level in the sense that you know we're making good progress here and a lot of people have come to see us and it turns out to have been their first outing since lockdown so we had the editor of one of the big archaeology periodicals out yesterday nice. going hey this is the only excavation I've, I've visited since last February so you know uh, it's uh, it's a, I think it's a pat on the back for everybody who's worked here, mm-hmm. you know, that we've managed to do it cross fingers, touch wood so far, you know, without endangering anybody's health and nobody's got ill and we've still got the job done. You've done, uh, like, it's so much deeper uh, and you did what you said you were going to do last time we were here. Um, there was the, the slabs that were down from the, uh, the, the, the floor of the, the greenhouse. And you're like, we're going to take them up. And that's what you did. And uh, yeah. now you're a lot deeper. Um, I guess uh, with having this as um, an archaeological dig for the first one since lockdown for archaeologists to have seen the equivalent of, like I don't know, uh, sport being back or the soaps being back. Because it's, it's what you guys enjoy. It's your passion, right? Yeah. And most of the work that archaeologists or most archaeologists do takes place um, on private property behind closed fences, you know, as part of a planning system. So, you know, the usual routine is uh, somebody applies for planning permission for a development. The local planning authority says, OK, get some archaeologists to check it out. And you do that work, but it's basically between you and the developer and the local planning authority. And it all becomes public very quickly, but it's not quite the same as having hundreds of visitors every day you've coming put, to you've actually created see created a hell of a buzz. I mean, uh, I, know, I saw Shrewsbury Council uh, been doing vlogs. I saw them. They're very, very impressive, actually. I was quite impressed. And uh, you've had the BBC here as well, I believe. Uh, yes, yeah. uh, Radio Structure was here this morning. Most of the media has been here. And we know that, um, particularly, I've got to pay tribute to the communications team of Shropshire Council, who've done an absolutely fantastic mm. job. And two things um, basically tell me that they've done a fantastic job. The first is that when I went to do some shopping in Shrewsbury Market last weekend, uh, the young woman who run, runs the bookstall said, oh, it's you doing the castle. She has people all morning going, where can we find out about the castle? And everybody <laughs> knew what was going on and everybody wanted to knew, know more. And then the second thing is, my mother-in-law lives in New Jersey. Uh, and I got an email from her a few days ago to say, hey, you're on YouTube's front page alongside President Trump. Nice. Which is a kind of, well, what can I say? It's an honour, but... Slightly dubious on them, but let's 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 skate over that one. But yeah, that, this is what you've done now. I mean, you got um, Sh- Shrewsbury popping up all over the world. You know, New Jersey. You know, that, that's brilliant. You've raised the awareness for historic Shrewsbury. I guess you know. Uh, yeah, absolutely, and that's what's what it's all about. It's not really you know a bunch of academics wanting to have a head scratch and uh, uh, satisfy their personal curiosity about what 
happened in Shrewsbury Castle 900 years ago. That's part of the mix, but mostly it's about saying to everybody, you know, Shrewsbury is a fantastic historic town, uh, and it's got this amazing uh, site in it, Shrewsbury Castle, which has got this really powerful history behind it, blood and guts, you know, uh, and, you know, fine living as well. And we're exploring all sorts of aspects of that in the full glare of publicity and reminding everybody what an amazing asset this place is. Beautiful, very poetic. So, Nigel, tell me what I'm looking at right now, because uh, obviously last time you were a lot higher up, now you're really deep. You, yeah, you're down there. I mean, basically what you're looking at is a hole that's four metres by three metres at the top and goes down just over a metre. And you can see in the walls of a trench loads and loads of plastic tags with numbers yes. on, each one stuck in an individual layer. Yeah. Like we've got four or five layers of gardeners' bonfires. We've got a big, thick layer of tile rubble, which we reckon is down to uh, the famous, maybe even notorious Thomas Telford, father <laughs> of civil engineering, and basically a bit of a local hooligan in terms of Shropshire's heritage. But we've gone down below that and we're into layers of earth uh, which we're not sure if they formed slowly or actually dumped there, but they basically arrived there about 1300 AD. So we're right back in, uh, you know, peak castle, if I can put it that back. If I can put it that way, you know, we're back in, you know, in the Middle Ages and, you know, in the period when when Shrewsbury Castle was at its most extensive and at its greatest. Fantastic. And as as uh, in regards to St Michael's Chapel. Yeah, well, I mean, the analogy I use is like, imagine you're playing battleships, okay? Uh, and you've Brilliant. just got the resources to put a, a, your, your cross on one grid square. And it might well be that uh, the Chapel of St. Michael's is actually under your feet right now, but we're two metres away from that, um, and we've not found it. And it's just too bad, but that's the way it goes. It's like a really slow game of darts, <laughs> trying, to, trying to find the, sort of the right spot when you yeah, can't see and, what you're aiming at. Yeah, and you get one dart a year yeah, yeah. for two years. <laughs> um, and there's lots of science involved. I mean, the geophysics, uh, the geology, obviously the history, the finds that you've been finding. Um, what have you found that, you know, give you clues to what's going on here? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, this is kind of the ultimate, ultimate multidisciplinary exercise in the sense that it's not just archaeologists you know we have to uh, explore the written history so we need historians we had a a silver coin out a couple of weeks ago now so we need to get a numismatist in to look at that Uh, we have our pottery specialist all lined up in Birmingham she's the you know the greatest expert on the medieval pottery at this part of the country so she's going to get a big box full of pottery through the post we're (laughs) beginning to talk about where we're going to find expertise to look at the animal bones because we've had you know a lot of food waste in the form of bits of animal bones you know we've had identifiable bits of cows and pigs and sheep and so on some with butchery marks on but we're also getting uh, fish bones we had what seemed to be the jaw of a pike yesterday and this is the sort of thing that gets um animal uh, historians of animals and food production really exciting because it's um it reflects high status feasting it's like wherever people have dug um have excavated castles in the last 20 or 30 years you always get a lot of food waste 
And basically, you know, when you analyse what the bones are, they turn out to be kind of game species. And the sort of things that, you know, your average kind of Joe from Shrewsbury wouldn't have ate because they couldn't have uh, afforded it if they tried, you know, if they wanted to buy it. And they would have been done for poaching and been in big trouble if they'd have actually fished it out, netted it out of the river. So, you know, we're getting a lot of interesting food remains that are kind of, you know, it's high high status, we're seeing evidence of high status feasting. That's the age-old movie scene, isn't it, in a castle? I imagine what this is like, you know, the the banquet with the the beer swilling and the meat and the, you know, throwing the bones for the dogs and the fly. That's what I see in movies. Is that kind of what that is a hint at, maybe? Yeah, Yeah. it is. It is. It it really is. You know, life was a bit like that. And, you know, while... Uh, I hate sort of seeing all these old Hollywood films of, of of Robin Hood because you know they show the towns of that period as like three thatched huts standing in a field, <laughs> and for Shrewsbury you know that it was you know dripping with wealth. You know you had sort of four extremely wealthy churches, wool merchants who had money enough to lend to the king at the time. You know it, it was by the standards of its age a fabulously wealthy place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So of course. Shrewsbury Castle is going to reflect that and we know that successive kings uh, lavished a lot of money on Shrewsbury Castle so Henry II in the later 1100s he spent a fortune on fortifying Shrewsbury Castle we're standing within sight of the museum building, the soldiers of Shropshire regimental museum building but we know that that was built as a private apartment for Henry III in the 1230s and we know that it cost an arm and a leg and by arm and a leg I mean like 650 quid or thereabouts but in those days that was like millions Mm, fantastic Um, what's the the the, the most exciting find that you've got or discovery that you've made should I say Uh, if you're talking about uh, objects then it's got to be what I kind of uh, um, uh, christened our medieval blue Peter badge we had a little, little bronze badge uh, shaped like a shield, just about an inch high, but it's a real piece of Middle Ages history. We think it was a livery badge, and like a civilian would have worn it on his coat, uh, basically to express his allegiance to a particular lord. So if a bunch of men-at-arms turned up uh, and gave him a hard time about something, you could say, hey, you know, watch it, sunshine, you know, um, so-and-so is my lord, and you're going to have big trouble if you mess with me. A bit like a MAGA hat right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't want to go there, but <laughs> no, no. That, that, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, and I know you've got a lot to do, and I don't want to keep you too long. After the dig's done, does the work continue, and sort of how long will you be working? If oh, so? yeah. I mean, I know it's a cliche, but digging the hole, if it doesn't sound too daft, is the tip of the iceberg. Yes. Uh, because, you know, what you see here is the prelude to weeks and weeks and weeks of work and a lot of, uh, you know, admin kind of arranging, you know, to get boxes of material to, to labs and to... Uh, generate a bit of additional funding to get the experts to look at the material that they're expert in and put that jigsaw puzzle together yeah exactly that well Nigel uh, throughout this whole process it's been first of all we met for the first time we did the great tours that we did you came on my show and we've done this as well it's been amazing spending time with you it's been great fun yeah and um, you know um, hopefully you get that dig you need and you find something that the uh, 
Me pierce de resistance. <laughs> well, we've got we've got about four hours to do it because yes. digging finishes around lunchtime or early afternoon because basically we need to get everything dug. We're going to dig. We need to get that dug done yeah. today. We've yeah. got to record. You know, we want to be good archaeologists. We've got to record everything properly, uh, and basically we've got a team of. You know, large young men coming in with shovels tomorrow morning. Uh, more students from University Centre Shrewsbury have done a fantastic job yes. throughout the whole project. Uh, and basically, it's like tomorrow morning, the earth starts to go back in the hole. Yeah, you've been amazing. Thank you so much. I won't keep you for too much longer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, I'm... I'm Alex, I'm from the, the Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Dr Morn Kapper from the University Centre Shrewsbury. Hi, uh, is, this, is this your first day at the dig or have you been here? I'm afraid I've been here all along, I'm a lecturer and uh, I've got a load of students up there doing some sieving. I see them, yeah, they're looking very enthusiastic. How's it been for you? Has this been uh, really you know, enjoyable? It's fantastic. Um, the students were supposed to come back to an induction of online kind of lectures ah. and video induction and instead we're here in a castle we're here in looking at henry the third's hall we're here digging beneath what we know to find out what we don't know about the medieval period we found coins we found a medieval livery badge we found loads of really cool stuff and what's been brilliant is the public have been here throughout and this is such a nice green space and it's a green space in the middle of shrewsbury local people in quite a tightly packed tightly knit town come here for a bit of rest and relaxation and they can see us digging a castle it it must be amazing because obviously lockdown and you come out um nobody's really getting out and doing any sort of practical work like you said so this must yeah be a, 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 an absolute breath of fresh air for people it yeah. is and and we've been out of the classroom too long but also we've risk assessed the hell out of this so um students are all at um, one meter plus social distancing or two meter social distancing we're outside they're wearing masks so we've done a lot to make sure that people in shrewsbury can come and have a chat with us but also that the students themselves are safe and we've also had the students making digs they've been writing blogs they've been making little uh, displays there talking to members of the public so everyone in Shrewsbury really owns this dig. They can come down and t- find out from us what's going on with it. Fantastic. Uh, have you done many of these digs before? Um, we dug the same part of the castle last year. Last if you look year. over there, you can see where the mop yeah. ditch we dug last year, where I was lucky enough to find two arrowheads, so I wasn't complaining about that at all. Fantastic. And um, working at the university, we like to look at not only how the... Not only how the castle itself is, but then think about how that's going to be looked after into the future. So we're finding the story of the castle in the 13th century. Um, I found a really nice coin the other day. Uh, but also then we're looking at how that can be looked after for people in Shrewsbury for the future as well. So yeah. how can it be used? In, in what ways can maybe the profile of the castle be raised? The students are writing dig blogs and getting that information out there for people. Um, Nigel used the perfect analogy of battleship earlier. That was fantastic. He said you've had one peg, well two, I guess now, uh, to put in your battleship board. Do you reckon you'll get the, another bite of the cherry? There's been a lot of interest, hasn't there? I mean, the media have been all over this. There's so much we don't know here. There's so much standing fabric here, for one, and Historic England are here today to help us to find out a little bit more about that standing fabric, the standing walls, the Thomas Telford, the Henry III... But we've also got the mot there, and the mot was might have been built under William the Conqueror, but then half of it fell into the River Severn, and so there's also work by Edward I up there. So there's lots of different periods that we can look at, and I would love to have another go at this. Well, you've been fantastic uh, to speak to, and I know you've only got four hours left, uh, so I hope you hope something amazing comes up in that, in that time. I hope so too, but I think, you know, 
even if we don't find you know a, a pot of gold or something we've still found out a lot more about what this isn't this isn't thomas telford this is medieval rampart it's the investigation though isn't it it's the fun it's the fun of the oh, chase yeah right? yeah we'll be back next year if they let us we'll be in the hole <laughs> <laughs> you've been amazing to talk to thank you so much thanks so much for coming How's it going? My name's Alex. I'm from the Hi. Shrewsbury Biscuit podcast. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Ryan. How's it going, Ryan? Uh, what are you doing today? I've just seen you on sat on top of dirt. Uh, looks like you're sieving through. Well, yeah, I've been sat on a big pile, like a big mound of dirt this morning, just sieving through tons of it. Uh, yeah, we've just been finding loads of really interesting things this morning, mostly just bone and pottery. But you know, it's quite interesting to find out these kind of things. It all adds up, you know, to the. Mm. The bigger picture, you know, the bigger story of what was going on here. And this is your first time doing something like this? I oh, yeah, this is like a brand new experience for me. But, you know, just in three days, it's been really good. It's been really interesting. I've done quite a few different things. It's better than, like, studying and doing lectures through Zoom and... and, and oh, yeah, home, yeah. You know, being out and about, getting hands-on is good. Yeah, yeah, definitely outdoors is a much more interesting experience, I think, yeah. I've spent a lot of time behind the desk, so I really want to get my hands dirty quite literally you know? yeah quite literally yeah. <laughs> is history um what you're studying or? yeah i mean i studied history for three years at aberystwyth okay and obviously i live in shropshire so this is far more convenient for me to get here and stuff and you know there's been a lot of opportunities already i mean i haven't even started the course yet it starts in october and i've already been you know invited to come out and do you know something like this um, is this what you'd imagine it would be? I mean, I've, I used to enjoy time team when I was a kid, and I'm yeah. a bit younger than me. But um, is this what you thought it would be? Well, there's a lot more physicality to it. You know, <laughs> for the past few days it's been, it's been quite warm as well, so I've you know been put to work by by the team really. You mm. know, but you know, it, it can be a little bit monotonous. You know, just going through dirt, more dirt, more dirt. But then you do find something that can be really interesting. What's the best find you've had today so far? Well, today the most interesting thing has been some giant cow bones. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, Nigel's explained to me. Oh, what's that? Oh, something else. Yeah, just like big chunks of bone, basically. But you know, is that what that is? Big knuckle. Yeah, bone. yeah, big knuckle bone, shoulder maybe. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. But Nigel was saying that's really significant, though, because it, yeah. it explains um, meals class. Uh, sort oh, of absolutely. The, yeah. You know, the stat, the, you know, yeah. It's really. I important. mean, it hasn't just been like domestic animals. We've also found things like deer, possibly pike. Game so yeah, so it undoubtedly would have, like a pike would have come from the seven just below us, you know. Oh. Deer would have come from the forests, which you know the upper classes would have managed to send someone yeah. out to bring it back. Yeah, yeah. So it's all, all these small things, although you know, just upon the appearance, it might say, "Oh, that's a bit boring," but it's all part of the larger right, experience, yeah, yeah. you know, the human story that happened here at Shrewsbury. Oh, fantastic! Well, yeah. I won't keep you much longer. Oh, I know you've only got four hours to get this done, um, <laughs> but it's been amazing t- chatting to you, oh, and I hope you much. find something spectacular. Cheers! Thank you. Thank you very much. Cheers. I do believe uh, we have a, a special message for someone who was on the last version of, of this, uh, part one. Um, so what's, what's the message? Yeah, Tim, I'm looking at a massive pile of tiles here, massive pile of crockery, massive pile of mud. I've got students on top of it. We wish you were here, mate. Happy birthday. Lovely. Brilliant. Um, I'm going to end it here, actually, and then I'm going to put my mic, mic away and walk home because I'm tired. Um, keep it short and sweet. Historic England want to get in here and do do their thing. Um, but yes, this is going to be the conclusion for this. Uh, maybe in a, a few weeks when everything's been categorised and conclusions have been made, we can get people in the studio and talk about what's actually gone on here. Um, but yeah, this is Alex Wiley signing out. Peace out.